I get that question once in a while or yeah, there's no downsides. And that's always my answer. It's instantaneous. There is no downsides to this. Zero. It's not possible to have a downside when you're setting up a structure that allows you to reduce the cost of your health and dental bills. You're listening to the Small Business Mastermind, a podcast created to help small businesses juggle business, finance, health, and wellness. I'm your host, Morgan Berna. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, visit olympiabenefits.com slash podcast. The Small Business Mastermind is brought to you by Olympia Benefits. If you're looking to reduce your health and dental costs, visit olympiabenefits.com. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Small Business Mastermind. After producing episodes for over a year now, we figured it was time to bring someone on to talk about what can be one of the best kept tax secrets for small businesses. On this episode, we'll be talking all about health spending accounts, which offer an alternative way to pay for your healthcare costs while saving on tax and avoiding costs like deductibles and co-payments. To keep this transparent, Olympia Benefits is a service provider for health spending accounts, and our guest today is a partner at Olympia. However, Olympia's goal has always been to be honest, and I wouldn't bring someone on this episode if I didn't feel they could truthfully explain these plans. After you've listened, I encourage you to do your own research and see if this is a type of plan that'd be a good fit for your business. I'll be sure to link some resources in the podcast description. Today, we'll be talking specifically about these plans for incorporated businesses, and in a few episodes, we'll revisit the topic for companies with arm's length employees, although a lot of the information is similar, so you can listen to this to get a general idea. I hope you enjoy this episode and that if you haven't heard of health spending accounts previously, that this gives you an idea of how you can be saving on health and dental costs. So without further ado, let's jump right in, and I'll be talking to you again at the end of the episode. Thank you, Dan, so much for being here today. Thanks, Morgan. Looking forward to it. Daniel Gillis is a benefits and insurance specialist based in Calgary, Alberta. He is a founder and president of Westshield Financial Solutions and a partner with Olympia Benefits. Daniel began his career as a personal banker with RBC Bank in 1990, working at branches in Manitoba, British Columbia, and Alberta. In 1999, he became an agent with RBC Insurance. He continued his career as an independent insurance and benefits advisor after forming Westshield Financial Solutions in 2003. As an independent insurance advisor, Daniel connects with life and disability insurance providers to develop tailor-made insurance solutions for his clients. As a partner with Olympia Benefits, Daniel also helps incorporated business owners save money by setting up health spending accounts for themselves and providing benefits for their employees. So today we're going to be talking all about health spending accounts and specifically from the perspective of incorporated professionals. So we're going to touch on everything someone would need to know. I'm going to ask you, I have a ton of questions. And then for anyone listening who might have employees, uh, just stay tuned because we're going to release an episode specific to folks with employees as well at a later date. Okay, so let's start off with, you know, quite simply, what is a health spending account and what does it cover? Okay, so a health spending account is a plan or a structure set up by a small business owner that allows an incorporated business owner, which we're going to come to. So that small business owner that has a corporation can set up this plan that allows the 
their business to expense their health and dental bills and for a tax-free reimbursement to flow back to them to pay for those personal health and dental bills. So really, a health spending account is a, a flexible benefit, if you will, that the employer pulls from their corporation and is tax-free in their hands. So obviously very attractive because there's not too many things that work that way. But in this case, the health spending account covers pretty much all of their health and dental bills that they're going to pay for. Um, There is an eligibility list, but it's wide open. Um, Pretty much anything that people can think of under health, dental, vision, you know, prescriptions, uh, paramedical practitioners would be things like a chiropractor, a massage therapist, um, physiotherapist, and a whole bunch of other services that you would um, potentially be using day in and day out. So covers all of those things um, and makes this uh, a tax-free benefit. So we're going to reduce costs. And that's basically what a health spending account is. And I believe there's about 124 things you can claim if that's right. And it's a it's a quite a wide range because I know it can be things like um, orthodontics as well. Uh, yes. And that kind of thing. Yeah, orthodontics, yeah. Uh, vision. So if you're having LASIK surgery or um, some other service for through your optometrist or ophthalmologist, including, of course, your examina- eye examination, your frames and lenses, contact lenses, even the contact lens solution is um, eligible. Or how about an audiologist? Get a lot of calls about that. So, you know, services that people, kind of the bigger ticket items that they go, wow, i got to pay this bill. How do I do it? This plan essentially makes it a tax-free benefit, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's hearing aids or, or otherwise, or just replacing these services as you're moving through life. And with it covering health and dental, how would this compare to a more traditional insurance plan or a traditional health insurance plan? So traditional health insurance plan, really, we're talking about it, you know, when it, in regards to a, a small business owner, so those business owners that be looking at this plan for themselves, they'd be looking at it just for themselves and family. They're the, a business that's incorporated. They don't have any employees, and they're looking at, gee, how do I pay these health and dental bills? Is there a better way? Is there so-called insurance for it? Well, no, there's actually not insurance for it. The, the reality is... Health and dental services aren't insurance services. Health and dental services are just health and dental services, which is kind of goofy if you think about it, but <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it's at the same time, people kind of get it because I, I get those calls. They go, you know, I, I kind of looked at that insured plan. I looked at the premium. It didn't make any sense because I'm going to pay more than that than I'm paying in the first place. That's right. Guess why? Because they've got to pull your money so they can pay it back to you. It makes no sense, does it? shouldn't make sense because insurance is for things you never plan to do. So everybody has that understanding as well. If you've owned a car or you own a home or maybe you have a family of life insurance, well, these things are catastrophic events. If my house burns down, that's going to be a bad day and I better have insurance for that. That's called risk transfer. So now let's look at that for a second because to answer the question, how does the spending account differ to a traditional health insurance plan? It is about what's insurance and what's not insurance. So I think those simple examples of insurance make sense. I obviously can't retain the risk of my house burning down. I have to pay a premium, transfer that risk to an insurer. That's a risk transfer vehicle. That's insurance. That's like, if you go back in time, that's past the hat. That's how it all started, you know, in a community. Past the hat, everybody puts a little bit in. Somebody has a catastrophic event, they get paid out of that hat. 
That's insurance. Go to health and dental services. Okay, a health spending account is a tax plan. It allows you, as the business owner, to write off your health and dental bills in simple terms. We'll get to the you know, the nitty-gritty details and the technical of it in a moment, but just for simplicity's sake, just to understand what it is, you write off your health and dental bills in your business, you're reimbursed tax-free. Okay, it's a deduction for the corporation, tax-free benefit for you personally. Now we're getting somewhere. There's a benefit to you in that. It's going to reduce your health and dental costs. Uh, and it's not for insurance. Going to the chiropractor, you know, or going to your dentist, um, your dentist calls you, you call your dentist, you make an appointment, you go down and have your checkup. That's not an insurance event. That is simply maintenance services. Uh, planned and maybe some unplanned, but an unplanned dental event is not a catastrophic event. It it, it might be very painful. So <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, I don't know if I agree when I yeah, get a cavity. <laughs> yeah, and, and you should disagree with that because it's expensive. And orthodontic work is very expensive, but the point is it's not an accident. So my house burning down is always going to be an accident. It's going to be something that is an unplanned catastrophic event. But I, personally, I have a bridge in my mouth. It's a tooth that was, uh, when it fell out, the little, there was no adult tooth to replace it. So I have a bridge. It's expensive. It's about $3,500, you know, when, about five years ago when I had it replaced. And, um, but it, the point of my story there is that it's not an unplanned event. That's a maintenance event. So I can't expect an insurer to go, hey, yeah, we'll replace that bridge for you uh, because, you know, with dental insurance, no, that's a, a maintenance event. So the difference is the health spending account is going to reduce the cost of those bills by making them tax-free for those planned health and dental maintenance events. And a traditional insurance plan is going to put premiums to something that's not insurance. It's going to always cost you more than you're ever going to get back. And you don't want to do that because that's a really, what I call a really expensive budget. You just bought a budget where someone's pulling the money out of your account and keeping it if you don't get it back and use it. Good luck trying to get it all back because you're never going to do that. It's not geared that way. It's geared to pay you less than you pay. And we're really talking about maintenance events anyways. So why bother? It sounds like so you're instead of paying for in case you have to go to the dentist or in case you have to go to the eye doctor, you're just paying for the things you do, and then you're using that as essentially a tax write-off. That's it. And that premium you would have paid in that insurance plan, keep that at home. Keep it in your business. Keep it mm -hmm. before tax and use it to pay your health and dental bills. And if you take that premium amount and you just set that aside even in a, in a savings account in your business, you're going to have that money growing and accumulating. You will accumulate enough money over time to pay all those health and dental bills uh, even the surprise ones, you know, I'm not talking um, from a point of, you know, no experience because I'm a family guy myself. I have three kids and we're a family of five and those orthodontic bills were really expensive. But if I look back over the years and if I look back, if I was paying those premiums and if I just keep them internally, they accumulate to a lot of money. In fact, very specifically going back to 1999, it was $300 a month is what I would have paid. If I fast forward to today and look at what I would have paid per month and what we used, it pales by comparison. Mm -hmm. You'd mentioned there that, you know, it's tax-free and language I've seen float around about health spending accounts is that it's 100% tax-free to you and 100% tax deductible for your corporation. Could you explain what that means and how exactly that works? I think you've touched on it a little there, but 
just in some more detail? That means the employer, which is the business owner's corporation, is going to reimburse them for their health and dental bills. And that reimbursement for the corporation or their business is going to be a pre-tax business expense. So it's going to be expensed reducing their corporation's income before taxes. The money's going to flow out to that person tax-free. That's made possible by the Income Tax Act. And there's a little part of that act, a little section called Private Health Services Plans, which you don't really need to know a lot about. You just need to know that's what governs these plans. So if you're a small business owner, uh, an incorporated professional or incorporated contractor of some sort, and it's you and your family, well, you've got the structure set up already to make this possible. All you need to do is plug in the components, which is setting up the plan, like the plan with Olympia in this case, that sets up in the corporation. That's the employer. Um, there's an annual limit up to which you can claim all your health and dental bills. The employee and family then go forward uh, when they pay their health and dental bills. It's really important that they pay them personally because that's they're acting in that as that employee again. So that business owner and a spouse and kids, if that's relevant, they pay those bills personally. They then file the claim with the administrator in this case, Olympia benefits. So what's happening? It's the employee paying a health and dental bill, filing a claim with the administrator saying, hey, I just paid a, a dental bill uh, for $500. Uh, please reimburse me. They then have their employer, their corporation, move the money to their uh, to the administrator. That In this case, $500 example, $500 flows from the corporation to the administrator, to Olympia, and then back out to the their bank account, their family, tax-free. So a deduction for the corporation, a tax-free benefit received by the employee in their bank account. Awesome. And I'm going to ask you about qualifying in just a moment. But first, um, is this something that can be used in any province? It can, except for the province of Quebec. It's able to be used in any other province um, in Canada. Quebec ta- uh, taxes these benefits for uh, all employees right across the board. So they're the only province where it wouldn't make any sense to use a plan like this because mm-hmm. it's taxable. There's no advantage. Yeah, you might as well just pay for your medical expense there. Yeah, well, yeah. So if someone, if I'm talking to someone from Quebec, I would say, you know, explain that to them and then, and then explain to them the same thing that we touched on in that first question um, or the second question, how does it compare? And that was pay those bills because they're maintenance bills, they're not insurance. Don't look for that insurance plan because you only want to pay insurance for things you never plan to do for catastrophic events, things that risk that I can't assume and you can't assume. So that's a really great way to remember, you know, where to put premiums and where not to. Catastrophic risk makes sense. Health and dental services probably doesn't make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how you would qualify. So what does a business owner need to qualify for this plan? To qualify for the plan, they need to have a corporation And they need to have income paid to themselves annually as T4 income. So I guess that would also kind of point to a third component that's important, is you'd have to have earnings in the business um, annually as well, because you're going to be then, uh, that those earnings are going to be reduced by the dollars that are claimed for your health and dental bills. So got to have earnings in the corporation, got to have a corporation, if you you have to have a corporation, so you have to be incorporated to set up this structure. And then, of course, as the employee and family, that employee needs to have, or that business owner needs to have income flowing to them as employment income, or in other words, T4 income. I know a lot of 
business owners ask that question, you know, I only take T5. I hear that all the time. I only take dividends. So it's important mm-hmm. that they understand that they're going to have to take some income annually as T4 income in addition to the dividends. They can still mix their income and be tax smart uh, to reduce the taxes they pay. That's obviously what is going to be in their best interest. But some money has to flow as, as employment income. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the dividends, but that, that covers it. So thank you. With a lot of the more kind of traditional health insurance, you know, if you go to sign up and you have a pre-existing health condition, it'll often change how much you're paying, the rates. Uh, does that apply here at all? What happens if you have a pre-existing health condition? Yeah, pre-existing health conditions do not come into play because this is a plan that's set up by the business owner uh, in their corporation that's going to reimburse them for their health and dental benefits, their eligible health and dental benefits. When they set the plan up, they're just still spending their own dollars. So there's never a waiting period. Pre-existing conditions never come into play. That only relates to an insurance plan um, where maybe you were buying. Because you can buy insurances for certain things like catastrophic drug coverage, as an example. So in that scenario, if I went to an insurer and said, you know, I really want to buy a catastrophic drug plan because... I understand that in Canada, the provinces typically pay for most of of the drugs that I'm going to need if I get sick and I'm in the hospital. But I, I saw a horror story in the newspaper and it, somebody had cancer and they were very sick and they needed this specific drug. But that drug um, was a trial drug and the provinces just don't have it on their list of approved drugs yet. And they might in the future, but today not and I need it. I actually got a call from a guy exactly like that. He had the exact scenario, $10,000 a month. So this is a catastrophic event. And so you can buy insurance like that, but they're going to screen you. In other words, they're going to ask you and me, do you have pre-existing conditions? Please fill out this health questionnaire because no insurance company is going to go on risk if I'm already predisposed to that. If I already, maybe I'm already sick. I already have that condition. Well, I can't buy it. Kind of like buying collision insurance in your car after the collision. Of course, you can't do that. So there's the difference. Uh, Buying that insurance, maybe you're buying travel insurance is another example. You know, and if I'm over 60, I'm going to have to fill out a health questionnaire. I might pay different premiums or I might have a longer pre-existing condition because they might have to pay a large claim out. So that's real insurance. When we're talking about this plan, health and dental benefits, there's no risk in that respect. It's just setting up the plan and using it pre-existing conditions never come into play. It makes me think because um, diabetes is so so common in Canada, something like that would typically raise your premiums with plans. But with this, since you're doing kind of more maintenance, you'd be buying regular things every month. Um, yes. Then it doesn't matter. You can still use it. You still get the tax benefit. That's right. You pay for the, if it's a syringe, if you're if you're taking insulin or you're, maybe you're buying the insulin, which, by the way, some of the provinces pay for insulin. Not all of them, but some mm-hmm. of them do. They'll cover the cost of some of that insulin. Uh, but, yeah, the tapes, and I know I talk to a lot of diabetics who have those questions, you know, can I claim? They can claim all of these things under the plan. Um, if they were to look at a traditional plan with insurance, or, uh, you know, they're going to pay that individual plan, which we talked a bit about. They're going to get declined. They're going to get screened out in the pre-existing condition, and they won't be able to claim any of those things in that plan. Mm-hmm. So what about an age limit? There's no age limit, kind of like the pre-existing condition question. If I'm a business owner and I have a corporation and I'm taking wages, uh, I can set this plan up and I can use this plan for my entire lifetime because um, there's no limit to the ability of 
a person to run a business if they've got that ability and they're running that business. I've talked to lots of business owners in their 70s and a couple in their 80s who run a business. Fantastic. They set the plan up. They run the plan. They're still taking a wage. And away they go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pay, file, claim, write it off in their business, be reimbursed tax-free. Beautiful program for them as well. Mm -hmm. You'd mentioned, I think, a little bit about this, but is it just for the business owner or can you also cover um, your family, your dependents? That sort of thing. Yeah, and I did touch a bit on it, but yeah, you're right. So I, that question comes up all the time. Oh, by the way, can I claim for my spouse and are my kids eligible and how do I do that? Uh, and a lot of times I kind of relate it back to uh, the traditional plan with an employer where if you were hired on with an employer and had a benefit plan, well, then you would typically know that I'm going to add my, my spouse and kids if that's relevant um, to that plan, I'm going to be able to claim for everybody. Same rules apply here because they fall under the same guidelines under the Income Tax Act. Plans are all governed by the same part of that act. So that small business owner sets up the plan again. They've got the corporation. They're taking income with wages. When they're enrolled on the plan as the, as the employee, they're then asked right on that enrollment, uh, want to enroll your spouse and kids, and you can then claim for everybody. And I have to ask because... Everything you said so far is sounding really good. It sounds like a great option. Um, you probably get this one a lot too, but, you know, is this legal? Is this a tax yep. loophole? Yeah, I love that question. And you're right. The question comes up a lot. It, people, you know, look at it and they're like, how oh, come I didn't know about this? Why didn't someone tell me? I've had people get pretty upset that their accountant didn't tell them or why didn't they know? It's just very frustrating. You know, why didn't I know? I paid, I hear this one all the time. I paid an orthodontic bill for three kids in the last four years and it was spent tens of thousands of dollars in some cases. So uh, the reason is it's insurance is what the driver is. So most of everything people read out there is both health and dental insurance. And these plans are typically understood by through word of mouth or a referral, or maybe their dentist referred them or their accountant tells them about the plan or they find us online and and they punch in some uh, question like I got to pay for orthodontics and then they find us. And then they go, wow, I didn't know I could do any of these things. So it's just a matter of understanding what it is. But who really understands uh, insurance and health and dental insurance? And most of us kind of glaze over and go, yeah, I kind of know, yeah, or I have a benefit plan, or yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just, here's the other one. I've just been paying for them out of my pocket because it doesn't make any sense for me to buy that, you know, individual health and dental insurance plan. And then they find out about this. That's probably a better scenario than having bought that individual plan and having spent the money, because I get those calls too, where, boy, they're upset because they spent so many dollars and they got so little in return. It would have been better off just to pay directly and then find this plan and then write it all off and make it a tax-free benefit. From a legal standpoint, uh, it's sanctioned by the Income Tax Act. So yes, completely legal. Uh, That little part of that Income Tax Act that I mentioned a while ago, private health services plans, that's the legislation that's written that makes this plan possible. So whether you have one employee, you know, 10 employees or 10,000 employees, the plan is the same. It's exactly the same thing. So what the legislation says on the legal side of things is an employer can set up this plan, reimburse their employees tax-free. So go to this small business owner. They have a corporation. They're drawing income as a wage. Can they set up the plan? Yes. One employee, 10 employees, you know, 10,000 employees, in their case, they have one employee. Let's say in a year or two from now, they have another employee. They hired someone to help them. They can scale out the plan 
uh, look at the group plan, add an employee on, provide them the same tax-free benefit, and set that limit. So all we're doing here is setting up that business owner as the employee under the plan structure that's made possible by the Income Tax Act. So yes, it is legal. It is not a loophole. It is, as I said, a sanctioned plan that allows the business to reimburse the employee. So no loopholes and completely legal. So it is it is good. The other thing I hear is, is this too good to be true? Well, no, it's, it is good and it is true and it is legal. I wanted to ask if you could walk us through a little bit about how a claim is made, because I know that process can be a little bit confusing. So claims, so we're going to assume now the plan's set up, which is a simple process that's done online. I think we're going to talk about that as well in a moment. Um, so the plan's set up now. So how do claims, how are claims made? So I've got that corporation, I'm that business owner, that employee, I've set the plan, I go to my dentist, or maybe someone in my family goes to the dentist, or maybe to the optometrist, or the audiologist, or the chiropractor, or the physiotherapist, or they're getting acupuncture, or any of these services that people choose. So they go and they pay that bill. They pay it personally. So we want to remember that that person is the employee and or their family that's paid a bill personally. They come back, they now file a claim. Two ways to file a claim. Uh, one, you do it on the app that you can download for Apple or Android, which is really the best way to make the claim, I think, in my opinion, because it's fast, it's easy, and it's right on the spot. So if I paid the bill of the dentist today, I leave the dental office, I'm sitting in my car, open up the app, I punch in uh, the date of the service, who it was, if it's me or someone in my family, and I then put the uh, dental service in, so dentist, practitioner, amount of claim, I take a picture, I've uploaded it, I'm done. So it's really in five minutes I'm done the claim. And once I've uploaded that, now it's gone to Olympia, and um, I can also do the same thing online, by the way. I can go home if I don't have time in the car. I go home, I log into my computer later on that night or some other time because I don't have to do it that day. If I want the money to flow that day, I'll do it that day. I can claim online, log in, do the enter claim, same process, put the information in, upload it. Once I've done that, uh, the money then flows from my corporation to Olympia and it's processed and is paid back to my personal bank account. So claims are done either online, uh, logging into your plan, or on the claim app on your uh, mobile device. Can I just get you to clarify? So you're saying there you pay personally and then your corporation pays Olympia. So it sounds almost like you're paying twice. Can you clarify? Yes. Yeah, (laughs) another good question. get that question all the time. Why, okay, wait a minute, back up. I, I, that doesn't make sense because I've just paid my dentist. Now I've got to pay Olympia again. Am I not paying twice? Yes, in that scenario, you know, it looks like I'm paying twice. But the way I've learned to explain this over the years or my practice through trial and error is how do you explain that for people to understand why isn't this a two-payment thing? So what I really um, try to do is explain on the personal side. So as that employer and family, sorry, that employee, the business owner and the family, they got to pay that health and dental bill personally as the employee. So they do that. Now it's on their, let's say it's on their personal credit card. And let's say it's a $1,000 dental bill. So they've paid it on their dental, their dentist, sorry, on their credit card. They now enter the claim online. Now what has to happen? Well, the employer, their corporation has to move the money to the administrator, to Olympia. So now, now there's a second flow of funds coming from their corporation to Olympia, that $1,000. That employer, their corporation, 
funding is matched with their personal employee claim, $1,000 dental claim, $1,000 from the corporation. That money then flows back out to that business owner, to their personal bank account. Now they have, on their personal account, $1,000. They move that money to their credit card. They've paid their credit card. So now that on the personal ledger, they're zeroed out at $1,000 um, charge of my credit card from my dentist. I've got $1,000 back in my hands tax-free from Olympia Benefits in this case. I'm zero on my personal ledger. That $1,000 dental bill and expense is now resting in my corporation, and it's going to be expensed um, at the end of, end of the year. So payment to the dentist, payment from the corporation, zero personally, $1,000 expense, or sorry, retained expense in the corporation. And so if I'm understanding right, then you as the employee, that doesn't count toward your income tax. And then for the business, it's becoming um, like a tax deduction. That's right. So personally, that $1,000 that the employee receives back in their personal account, tax-free, that's not part of their personal income. It's not recorded on their personal tax return as personal income. It's completely tax-free. And the corporation has that thousand dollars as a business expense that's going to show up under wages and benefits which is a full uh, deduction for the corporation reducing uh, the corp's income before tax is calculated so it's gross income all of the expenses including this and then net income which is where the tax is calculated okay and then for that reimbursement is there a time period with it um, how long does that typically take okay so the reimbursement takes Let's say two business days. That's pretty safe. Um, pretty safe bet. Um, so if I've paid that thousand dollar dental bill today, I file the claim today, and then I fund it, which is I'm instructing my corporation to pay that bill, pay that thousand dollars in this example, that thousand uh, dollar dental claim example to Olympia Benefits. So I've paid my dentist this morning. I've gone in uh, and had that bill payment flow to Olympia Benefits same day. I will have my money in two business days. Fantastic. Listening to this, I'm, I'm wondering if you get this one, but if, if you can use this as a way to kind of reduce your corporate income and also get the, that personal benefit, I imagine you could just like write off a ton of money or use, use a lot of funding for this. So is there a limit to how much you can claim or how much you can put into the health spending account? You know, technically... Technically, if you were to read the part of the Income Tax Act that governs these plans, they don't talk about limits. And the reason it doesn't talk about limits is because the employer, if you imagine an employer with some employees that's setting up this plan, which we also do, we're going to talk a bit about that at the end, uh, that employer is going to set a cap. Uh, so if I have five employees, I'm, I'm not going to say to them, you know, here's your health and dental plan, spend whatever you like, I'm going to put a some kind of a limit that I could afford on that. And so when it comes to the business owner um, that doesn't have employees, like we're talking about, so they've got that corporation, their family, they're paid as an employee, do they want a limit? No, they wouldn't want a limit. They would want to claim everything and anything, which that's eligible, which they can do. <laughs> so yeah. we cap that plan, and the limit is $15,000. Um, so it's high enough. I get some comments that, well, that's a very high limit. Well, it is in some respects, but in some respects, it's not. And if you think about the the family that has, uh, I just spoke to a family in the last couple of weeks here that had two kids with orthodontic work 
Well, the bill was about twelve to fifteen thousand dollars is what they were going to be spending, and then they hadn't gotten to the other bills for the family they may have during that year. And so in their case, both mom and dad are employees. So they are both enrolled under the plan and each have a limit of $15,000 in that case. So we do cap it. There has to be a limit. If there's not a limit on the plan, then it then could be looked at as it's a taxable shareholder benefit. So we will cap it. Olympia will cap that at $15,000, um, but high enough to claim all those health and dental bills you would typically have uh, with a family during the year. Okay. And if a business owner was wanting to discuss this with their accountant, you know, to run through it, make sure that it, it, everything lines up for them. Um, what are some things they should discuss? So it's a good idea. That question comes up a lot. We have an accountant's guide that, um, I share with business owners, they can share with their accountant, talks about the plan because some business owners, you know, they're trying to understand it themselves. Maybe they don't understand it very well. They're just learning, you know, what this plan's all about. Sounds good to be true. I need to talk to my accountant. Great idea. Talk to your accountant. Um, Take that guide. Um, If you don't know it, get in touch. We'll send it to you. Uh, And then you're going to talk to your accountant anyways, and you're going to talk at the end of the year. This is one more thing to look at and you want to talk about uh, wages because uh, if you're that business owner that just taking dividends, then you're going to want to take some wages for this to make it tick and make it flow properly under the Income Tax Act. Uh, so that's going to be a question you want to talk to your accountant about is, do I take wages? And if I don't, I need to take some wages. What is that mix going to be? Um, because they can mix their income, you know, a combination of the two dividends and wages. I may be taking a smaller amount of wages to mitigate taxes, payroll taxes, and so on. A lot of this has sounded really good so far, but I have to ask if there's any downsides. I get that question once in a while, or yeah, there's no downsides. And that's always my answer. It's instantaneous. There is no downsides to this. Zero. It's not possible to have a downside when you're setting up a structure that allows you to reduce the cost of your health and dental bills. It's only upside. And I haven't had anybody ever come back and say, oh, you were wrong about that. I didn't like, you know, this didn't work or whatever. Because if they've, if they've got that corporation, they're drawing wages, they're going to save money. And they're going to offset all of the costs of the plan, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. But they're going to offset all of that and, and have a gargantuan saving on taxes. Because people don't necessarily add up the cost. I don't think anybody really does that. We don't go out and we pay a bill and then look at, well, at the end of the year when I add my marginal tax rate, that actually cost me this plus tax. So there's no downside. It's only upside. It's only going to reduce your costs. So that's really what this does. It helps reduce the health and dental bills for that owner and their family by the process of making it all a before tax uh, event. That's going to save them money. Mm-hmm. I want to say too that it's it seems so flexible compared. Right. I know I'm a part of an employee plan, so it's a, a slightly different process. But the the kind of things covered are the same. But I was able to get Invisalign this year, which is something that on a traditional plan I was never able to do. Or clean. yes, right. So that's another part of that. You know, is there a downside? <laughs> no, only upside. And by the way, you can claim it's wide open to claim all of those things. Yeah. 
And I've mentioned since kind of hearing about health spending accounts, I've mentioned this to a couple small businesses that I know or have friends working for, um, and people haven't really heard about it. Some people I know have, but it seems like a bigger percentage hasn't. Do you have any idea why it's not more common knowledge? Um, well, you know, people might have heard the word flex accounts and I find that, you know, kind of gets tossed around a lot in the insurance world, health and dental benefits insurance world is flex accounts. A flex account is a health spending account. That's what it is. It's the same thing. So it's really, it's, it's exactly what this is. It's the employer saying to the employees, okay, we've got some structured benefits that you can choose from, but we're also going to give you this flex account on top that you can claim for everything that maybe isn't covered under the base plan. And that flex account is a health spending account. It's maybe it's $500 or some amount that the employees can claim. So people probably have heard about it, but they just maybe mm-hmm. haven't thought about what it actually is because it's not what they practice day in and day out um, and why you want to get into touch with a good administrator and understand how the plan works. But I would say, you know, flex, the flex account probably get more traction on people going, oh, yeah, I had one of those or, you know, I know someone who did part of their benefit plan. Yeah, I actually have heard that term in the past. I know that we'd seen a little bit online that rumors of the CRA shutting down health spending accounts. Is there any validity to this? No, everything's subject to review at any time. So things could, could change um, in respect of this plan. Nothing has changed. In fact, it's been the opposite. It's been confirmation of the plan. And I'm pretty certain when I hear that question, I know what they're referring to. And Because there's only been a couple of publications that have come out. I have a formal answer to one of those, but it, it basically talks about uh, a sh- single-person corporation. And there's some occasionally confusion about that or, or rumors or hearsay that, you know, it's going to be shut down. But no, uh, there's all sorts of – CRA does all sorts of um, audits and looks for uh, things that aren't legitimate. This is not one of them. And in that uh, publication that I'm thinking about that came out back in 2014-15 – it actually confirmed the plan. What it says in there in layman's terms is a uh, single-person corporation, a single-shareholder corporation. Well, what they confirmed is you got to be incorporated. Okay, perfect. If you're not incorporated, you can't run the plan. You can't have. You can't run this plan. It's going to be a, a shareholder or taxable. Sorry, a taxable benefit. There's no deduction. So you got to have that corporation, and you also have to have wages. And it says in it one employee. That one employee, that shareholder, they are that one employee. So whether you have one employee back to that one ten or you know ten thousand, uh, that that's where the confusion comes from. It's misinterpreted. It's misread. It's misunderstood. This is all about clarity and understanding. Um, there has been no changes um, in the plan. Uh, they, the, the federal government looked at it back in oh fifteen, I think, or oh sixteen, when the liberals first came in, and they looked at potentially taxing these plans, which was. Not just a small business owner, right across the board. All benefits right across Canada, mm-hmm. you know, for any employer providing health and dental benefits. There was a oh. lot of pushback on that, and they, they went away from that because I think they realized, you know, what they were up against. Even their own employees had have these tax-free benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's an actual benefit. <laughs> You're not having to pay a bunch of yes. hidden costs, you know, deductibles. You know, there's a lot of providers. I wanted to get your thoughts on why you think... Olympia's health spending account in particular is a good one. Yep. Uh, what do you kind of see as, yeah, what would you, what would you tell someone about that? A lot of providers, a lot of, uh, but not a lot of necessarily good providers. Uh, Olympia's uh, has no administration fees. We're the only administrator that 
does not have an administration fee on the small business plans. Um, look at our Google reviews online. We have over 140 reviews. We have 4.7 rating. That's the highest in the industry. Check out our reviews for proof of our professionalism and our services uh, that we provide. We're completely transparent. Uh, I love that. You know, you don't get the confusion. This is a crystal clear program. Um, there's no nothing hidden in that. Where our our focus and our job is to educate you. So we want to give you the information. We want you to understand. You know, look the guides that we have on our website explain in detail. The idea is to explain to people so they understand it, and then they'll choose that plan that best suits their needs. And from that administrator, that that um, the best administrator. We get a lot of excellent feedback uh, like that, uh, and in real time, help with uh, live chat. Uh, top-of-the-line customer service. You talk to real people. You talk to people like me. So partners like me, uh, the customer service center, those points of contact, uh, live chat, you know, whether you're on the website just looking for information, use the live chat feature, connect with us that way or a call or email. Um, so you talk to real people in real time. If you want to get in touch with us, we answer the phone and we're available pretty much sums up the difference between, you know, those that are good and those that are maybe okay. Mm -hmm. And I like that you mentioned transparency because I'll have touched on this a little bit on the intro of this episode, but you know, it can be a little challenging bringing someone from your own company on a podcast like this. But the reason I did so was because I felt like you could really give an honest overview of this and it is a genuine good thing for small businesses. It is. Very helpful. But with that, I'm going to ask you then, how is Olympia Benefits making money? So, you know, you mentioned there aren't administration fees. Are there hidden fees? Are there things people that are going to pop up, you know, after someone signs up or, or something like that? You know, good question. No hidden fees. Nothing. It's That transparency is critical. It's, it's important, um, which is why one of the reasons why I've always been uh, a, a partner for and with Olympia Benefits it's because of that transparency. Not, there's nothing hidden. What you see is what you get. That annual fee is the total cost of the plan, uh, other than tax on the on the annual fees. So, okay, we all understand, you know, sales tax, whether it's GST or HST or otherwise. There's mm-hmm. no fees. You pay that annual fee. That plan is set up. There's no minimum claim. You can claim whatever receipt that you have, and the maximum is going to be that uh, overall limit, that fifteen thousand dollars we talked about. Uh, so. How do we make money? We make money off that annual fee. We do a lot of plans. We do a volume of business and an annual fee. There aren't any other fees. Uh, and on our website, if you're looking at the information, you'll see we talk a bit about that, you know, number of customers that we um, deal with, uh, volume of claims. Um, so on our small business plans, it's that total annual fee. There are no other hidden fees and no other costs. I'm actually constantly surprised at the volume of people who are doing this because I'll bring on guests and we'll do a full episode. And then at the end, they'll mention to me, they'll be like, oh, I'm actually a client of Olympia. And I think it's so cool whenever it happens. I'm like, oh, that's neat. It's all kinds of industries and, and all kinds of companies. From all over the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, it's been kind of cool that, that people mention that to me and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> that's cool. So you'd kind of touched that you were going to mention this um, about signing up. What's what's the sign-up process like? Uh, is it complicated, time-consuming? Sign-up process is simple. It's done online, and it takes about five minutes. 
And it's really once you understand and you've got the information that you need, you're ready to go, you want to sign up the plan, uh, you click the sign up button. It takes you to a page where you put in your uh, basic information, first, last name, email address, and you select the plan. Uh, maybe it's the basic, the plus, or the deluxe. And then you click to proceed. And from there, it's just a bit about your name, really, your contact information, your demographics, the basic stuff, your address, and then the legal name of the business, who the employer, sorry, who the employees are going to be, if it's just yourself or maybe yourself and a spouse, and your dependents. That's it. You pay that annual fee, which is a, an expense for the business. Once you do that, you are then going to receive your welcome email and your receipt email. You log in with that password and ID. You reset your password. You put in your personal banking information so that the money can flow back to, your, to you and you claim that tax-free reimbursement. Once you put that personal banking information in, the plan's sitting there in the background, idle, until you file your first claim. And that whole process five minutes. That's awesome. If um, we're going to touch on this, so in our next episode, but before we close out here, I just wanted to quickly ask, you know, if someone is listening and they have other employees besides themselves and they'd like to do this, is that an option for them? Can you just give a very quick overview? And then just as a reminder, we're going to do a whole episode about this. Yes. So this plan scales. So today we've been talking about the small business owner doesn't have any employees other than him or herself and maybe a spouse as a second employee. So these small business plans are capped at those two employees. That annual fee um, pays for everything so they can have just themselves or just themselves and that second employee, their spouse. So if there's going to be a second employee in a small business plan, it's their spouse and then their family as dependents. For the business that has employees, it's a different plan, the group plan. It's the structure's all the same. Everything we've talked about all applies to that business, but now they can scale the plan and put employees on. No limit to the number of employees. And the beautiful part about that uh, plan for a business with employees is they can be an exacting plan. So they can set up different limits if they want or the same limits, and they can come up with a budget, and that plan makes it possible for them to not get into a plan that they can't afford. So that uh, group plan will serve the employer the way the small business plan serves a small business owner, but also scales out for their employees. And they have total control of the cost, so they can't get into a problem where they can't afford it or affordability issue, but it also gives that freedom to the employees to use their dollars when and where they need it uh, and treats every, uh, every one of their employees individually based on their own individual needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we're going to be covering more about that in a few weeks. But if anyone does have questions, um, you can absolutely send them in now and I'll make sure to ask them. I did want to ask you, Dan, if you felt like there was anything I missed in covering this today, if there's anything I didn't touch on uh, that you'd like to mention. I don't think so. I think we got all of the questions that I typically hear and, and that come in. Um, if there is a question like that, then please do go to the websites, uh, have a chat, uh, send us your question, and we will answer them for you if we haven't answered them on this on this uh, blog. Absolutely. I'll be sure to link everything below for if anyone wants to take a closer look. And I want to thank you so much, Dan, for answering all my questions. That was a long list. Um, and I know some of them were <laughs> definitely a little, a little trickier. So thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. I really appreciated the time. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Small Business Mastermind. And thank you to our guest, Daniel Gillis, for sharing all of that helpful information. I hope this helped explain health spending accounts and the benefits that they have for small businesses. If you do have any questions, please feel free to visit olympiabenefits.com and you can hop on the chat there or check out the resources I've linked below. All right, that's all for today's episode. We have a ton of great content coming, so I'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you.